0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome in ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the Go 24/7 podcast and we might as well call it the Bama Online podcast this, this episode as well as we have Billy Embody joined by Hank South and Shay Dixon. LSU, Bama coming together on a podcast here as we're going to talk a little recruiting because naturally that's how this matchup has been built up into what it is. Two of the best programs in the entire country in recruiting LSU and Alabama. Currently, LSU trails Clemson in the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting rankings as the number two overall class in the country with 24 commitments on board. Alabama just a shade below them. At number three, with 23 commitments on board, Shay. Let's start with you. Uh, what has this cycle been like? And and uh, welcome to another pod.
0: Yeah, yeah. Welcome to one versus two. It's uh, it should be fun week. Uh, one versus two in the AP, at least. Uh, we're recording this before uh, Tuesday night's polls drop, but uh, it's been fun to cover, and it's been interesting for so many years. Uh, I feel like. Uh, we've gone down, uh, us, uh, the two of us, Billy and I, and, and Hank and, uh, and Tim, and kind of swapping notes all the way until the 11th hour in February. Uh, this cycle, I feel like a lot of our mutual battles uh, uh, that we've kind of swapped notes on have been decided, but there's some still left. So uh, we can touch on all that, and uh, I- I'm excited about it. Shift away from game talk and, and move to recruiting for a minute.
1: And that's what really matters and and Hank uh from your side uh, I'm sure everybody will be thrilled to hear your voice on our our podcast this episode but uh w- but welcome in man
2: thanks for having me and, and and I apologize ahead of time I think my neighbor's dog is barking I, I think I can hear it through my headphones so if anybody can hear that I apologize
1: <laughs> They're usually That's... just my
0: dogs I've got four here I think that they're all currently
2: barking Yeah they usually like all... to time it up with with we're podcasting usually cons- so
1: we're usually consoling Shay's dogs as we're recording. Podcasts. It's okay. It's okay. It's, okay. Just, it's just us talking. We know it sucks. Um, look, guys, uh, this is – we could probably go for hours and hours. We're going to try to keep this on track as best as we can. But I want to start with probably the most pressing news of the two programs in terms of recruiting battles against each other, and that's Kayshaun Boutte and Rakim Jarrett, the two LSU wide receiver commitments they officially visited – Alabama last month Hank coming off of that visit I mean there there's been buzz here and there certainly that that both guys are are still open still looking around obviously you take an official visit to another SEC program you are considering that what what's kind of your feel for both of those guys as as they came off their official visits to Tuscaloosa
2: yeah you know I think both visits went really well and, and you know you look at a guy like Kayshawn um, and, and kind of his recruitment since the summertime, and this is a guy that he spent a few days on campus in Tuscaloosa um, in June, at which point he was saying it was a 50-50 battle between Alabama and LSU, despite being committed to LSU at the time. And and he was still saying that when we caught up with him after the official visit to Alabama. So um, he, he's been certainly a guy Bama's been very high on. Um, and to kind of, you know, put this all into context, Alabama's, they have three receivers committed in their, uh, in their 2020 recruiting class. But obviously if you look at the guys that are out there on the field right now, it, there's pretty good chance that they're going to at least lose, lose at least two of them, um, in, in Judy and Henry Ruggs and the way Devonte Smith has been playing the last few weeks, uh, possibly him too. So that they're going to need to replace some guys on the offensive side of the ball. And so Alabama's been looking to add at least one more of these receivers, and, and Kayshawn Booty's been a, been a big target of theirs. Um, and, and then, of course, Rakim Jarrett as well. And, and, and with Rakim, it's been more kind of a the last month. Uh, we, we really start started to see things kind of develop a little bit more in terms of Alabama's push for him after Bryce Young flipped from USC to Alabama. Uh, you may remember that they, I, I believe, Bryce Young's team played uh, uh, St. John's College right after Bryce flipped that week. And uh, the two kind of met up after that and and spoke and have been keeping in contact since then. And then, of course, he set up that official visit a couple weeks ago to Tuscaloosa. So, you know, two guys they're really pressing for. Uh, You know, you look at both of them, obviously, with Booty saying 50-50 battle. That's certainly something to watch. And the fact that he's not or he says he's not signing until February is also kind of a a big, uh, you know, a big note to keep in keep in mind with him, and then uh, Raheem is kind of you know you, you hear a lot of people say he, he's he's pretty open despite his commitment, or you know he's he's taken a more open approach despite his commitment. Um, the fact that he's from D.C. he's not from Louisiana, maybe that gives Bama a little bit better of a chance uh, to kind of to kind of get in there. And plus, Bama has two guys from St. John's College on their roster as well, with Terrell Lewis and Keelan Robinson. So definitely two guys Bama's still in the mix for. Uh, you know, I, if I had to pick one, I, I don't know, I'm not sure if I I could at this point. Uh, I think you can make cases for both to potentially end up um, with Alabama. But at this point, they're both saying the right things about LSU. Um, and, and they seem they seem pretty set at this point. But, you know, th- there's a few more weeks left in the cycle until they're the signing period.
1: And, and, Shay, I mean, from, from our angle, it, it's been, and we'll talk about this later in the pod, but it's been tough on Bama, at least this cycle, to get some of these Louisiana kids out of the state when it's been an LSU Bama battle what's your kind of feel on on because Rakim keeps things really close to the vest he hasn't really done many interviews and it's kind of it's kind of almost like tracking a Zach Evans recruitment it's kind of like okay well what's kind of the the buzz on the ground around Rakim Jarrett but with Butte, he's kind of maintained this 50-50 thing and and just kind of what's your feel uh as as LSU still has their official visit to to use
0: Yeah, you know, I think with Jarrett, um, he kind of committed to LSU on a whim, you know, and I don't think the staff was caught off guard, but certainly onlookers were when he visited uh, in the offseason. He had been, I think that was his second visit to campus, but had brought his mother and committed uh, before his official visit had ended. And most people thought at that point he would stay closer to home. I know it was before the season, and Tennessee was getting a lot of love, um, and he popped for LSU. And, And many of us thought all along, and I'm not really sure if my kind of tone there has changed um, that it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up in someone else's class. And I I don't think, I'm not saying it's inevitable. Um, LSU has certainly had uh, a better year than, than probably most would have anticipated and probably even Rakeem. So we'll see what happens, but uh, Bama's pressing him, Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt are still recruiting him. Um, So the fact that he is making visits uh, still and the LSU official visit uh, is already in the books, you know, kind of leaves LSU fans with, Uh, a reason to keep monitoring things. And uh, I pour that right into Butte when I'm talking about the offense. We're talking about a new Iberia kid, which means you might as well be from Tuscaloosa uh, in this kind of uh, view of, of how LSU would be considered a front runner, uh, much like a, a Tuscaloosa kid would be considered an Alabama lean. I mean, he's from Cajun country. He was one of their first commitments. He got his offer when he was in ninth grade or whatever. So there's never not been a point where, it seemed like he was going to end up at LSU and he commits and now they've got what an offensive average is 50 points a game just like Alabama uh, they're undefeated just like Alabama uh, they've got a Heisman trophy uh, front runner just like Alabama there's nothing uh, and, and certainly the, the you know receivers get the ball uh, and it's spread around much more than it's ever been much like at Alabama so there's never uh, been kind of a point in time at least in the past decade where you could point to LSU's receiving core and say, uh, or their offense, and say, look, they're doing exactly what Alabama's doing in terms of being spread, being wide open, getting the ball to their playmakers. Uh, and for that reason, if Butte didn't end up at LSU, then it just wasn't meant to be. If it was one of those things where LSU was like they normally are on offense in years past, and Bama's out here dropping 50 a game with two as a Heisman frontrunner, and as Hank mentioned, you're, you're sending all these receivers into the NFL this year, uh, then sure, maybe that would make some sense. But uh, if, it, you know, if it's not LSU for Butte this cycle, then uh, I just don't think it was meant to be.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think if I was to kind of sit here and say, okay, well, which one would, if I was an LSU fan, feel a little bit better about keeping, it would be Butte. I, I just think you know, the relationship Corey Raymond has built and obviously the offense that they've got now is is going to help them and and they're kind of they're playing a little bit ahead i mean in my opinion when you have a kid committed most of the time i think it, it helps you uh in the long run rather than when you're in a recruiting battle it's 50 50 he's uncommitted hasn't made a decision yet things like that and and um and we've seen we've seen you know i think butte kind of you know give bama a lot of love on on twitter certainly i mean you know, his picture with Nick Saban in the golf cart where he called him the goat. I mean, things like, like that that you would probably sit here and say, well, that's not an incredible sign. But at the same time, he still made visits to LSU, and he's, and he's certainly shown LSU love as well. So I, I think that one is going to be a really interesting one. Uh, interesting doesn't really define uh, this one adequately enough. But five-star running back, Zach Evans, the number one running back in the country, this one has been a, a wild one already. I mean, every month it seems like there's been a different team kind of trending uh, in terms of buzz around the program. Will he make a commitment, things like that, from Georgia to Bama to Texas and Texas A&M early on to LSU? I mean, this one has been all over. It's been a fun one to track. We've been tracking it for a long time now. I'm kind of ready to, to almost to see it, see it end. Uh, Jay, kind of what, what's your feel as, as he just wrapped up uh, his LSU official visit with the Auburn game?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going to say the, my, overall take, uh, my overall take will be something that Hank will, will most likely reiterate here for you, but it seemed like, uh, let's just, let's lead off with this. Zach Evans is going to do whatever Zach Evans wants to do, <laughs> and, and we've heard so many people say this team leads, this team leads, he's going to wind up at Georgia, um, you know, there was a time people thought Bama was the team to beat, certainly LSU's been in that mix, uh, he cut the in-state schools, and then it wasn't a month before he was on uh, in Austin and in College Station visit in Texas and A&M. So whatever we think uh, is not probably reality. You know, I think that it's going to come down to him, sit down, and and no team will feel good until uh, not only he signs, but they've got the letter of intent in front of them and through their compliance department, uh, and it's locked in. Now, saying that, I think that LSU's visit was the first one. LSU's had him on campus more than any other school um, he got his offer right in ninth grade uh, when he sort of emerged onto the scene. And, and LSU obviously has uh, a number of the coaches on North Shore staff graduated from LSU. Caleb on Chase on and Eric Monroe, a couple guys playing defense uh, for LSU, went to North Shore. So there's no sort of shortage of connections to LSU with Zach Evans. That being said, again, he can say he loved the visit, all this. LSU has no running backs committed. Obviously, Hank can can touch on Bama's multiple backs and and a certainly different feel for it. But I don't think it matters. I I think at the end of the day, Zach's just going to do whatever he feels like doing. And we're not going to know that answer until uh, he sits down uh, at his signing day ceremony and, and makes it official.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, yeah, exactly. To reiterate that, um, as far as Zach doing what he wants to do, I, I couldn't really agree more there. Um, it, it has been a rollercoaster of a recruitment to cover from every angle. Uh, you know, you look at uh, back in, in May when he put out his top five. I, I don't remember all. I think it was Alabama, uh georgia lsu oklahoma and ohio state i think if i'm right and then yeah a month later texas and texas a&m were back in it Um, he was visiting those schools he dropped oklahoma he dropped ohio state um, and it's just kind of been all over the place And, and one of the big things that happened this summer um was when Damian George, the offensive lineman from North Shore High School, one of his good friends, committed to Alabama in June, and everyone pretty much said, you know, that's it. He's going to Alabama. They're a package deal. They were both saying they were a package deal. I know Zach did an interview with with 24-7 Sports' Chris Hummer saying they they were going to go to the same school together, and and obviously that's not the case, or that wasn't exactly the case, because, you know, he hasn't made a commitment yet, but um, it it clearly wasn't, uh, you know, as big of a a determining factor is uh, they were saying it was going to be, but uh, yeah, you know, coming off that visit to LSU, uh, I, I think it's fair to say the buzz has shifted in, in their direction in, in the Tigers direction. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see because he is coming off an unofficial visit out to Tuscaloosa for the Tennessee game. And he was saying he was trying to make it back for the LSU game this weekend. Um, currently, I don't believe he's expected for an official visit. Um, we'll, we'll see, you know, it kind of just depends uh, on, on, you know, later in the week, you, you kind of have to uh, see what's happening and kind of where their team's at. I know his team does, uh, I think they do film on Saturday morning, so it kind of depends on on what's going on with his high school team as to whether he can make some of these visits. I know he's been expected a few places this fall, and, and he hasn't been able to go, uh, but he was able to make that that Alabama-Tennessee game. So, uh yeah, you know George has been the favorite. It seems like Alabama at one point, LSU now, uh, even Texas A and M has had some buzz um, throughout the process, being kind of the the local team to him, and and um, you know access for his mom to come see him play a little bit easier. Um, so we'll see. Bama has two running backs committed, obviously Kyle Edwards out of Louisiana um, and Roy Del Williams, two guys they really like. But it, you know the last few weeks it's been more and more evident that. They're looking to potentially add a third back. They offered Jameer Gibbs out of Georgia. I know LSU offered him as well, um, and they've still continued to recruit uh, Zach and and Jace McClellan, who will be on an, who will actually be on campus this weekend for an official visit. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, is it, nothing's going to be final even if a commitment is made um, from Zach Evans until he signs his letter of intent.
1: Yeah, I feel like we'll we'll just kind of wake up one morning and and get a text, and it's going to be oh Zach is making his commitment in in an hour. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> it, I just feel like it'll come out of nowhere, but um, that's just kind of what to expect with the unexpected in terms of his recruitment. But I think he's a while away from a decision in in reality and kind of being serious about it. As as I think he'll take some more visits or kind of he'll look at things as as North Shore wraps up the playoff run eventually and do all of that, but. Uh, been a wild one to cover there, and and look, uh, another one that you know, LSU had on campus for an official visit uh, as well, and then and then had him back for the for the Auburn game weekend was Xavier Hill, Mississippi offensive lineman out of Olive Branch, one-time Alabama commitment. He's set to go back to uh, Starkville in December. Already has that official visit lined up, and and that kind of seems to be where he's kind of pegged a lean. I think this one isn't really over, and, and there's certainly uh, a chance for Alabama and LSU uh, to get back into this one, Hank.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and you know Xavier Hill, obviously one-time Alabama commit, um, he he made his decision known back in June after an official visit to Tuscaloosa, um, and then backed off that commitment earlier this fall. Uh, a, a lot of people think you know you look at his rating, or you know you you, you kind of just follow everything and people just assumed Alabama, you know, parted ways with him, as we see, you know, all these programs do um, as kind of the early signing period draws closer. But that wasn't the case. You know, he's a guy Bama is really high on. Um, They're not taking a huge offensive line class, but they've definitely keyed in on guys they really like. And and Xavier Hill was one of them out of Mississippi. So, uh, you know, they've stayed after him. Kyle Flood, Alabama's offensive line coach, was uh, was out to see him in uh, in, the day after he, or I think the Uh, The week he decommitted, he he was out at the high school to see him out in Olive Branch. Um, and, and they're going to get him back on campus this weekend for an unofficial visit. So, you know, lines of communication are still open. Alabama is still a school he has uh, he, he likes a lot and has a lot of respect for their staff. So I think they'll stay in until the end. But, yeah, you know, we've been saying Mississippi State has kind of been where he's leaning. But, obviously, you know, we've seen how things have gone in Starkville this season. Uh, you know, maybe he's he is open to kind of looking elsewhere. I know LSU was, was a school he was really high on as well uh, prior to his Al- – or, you know, now, but obviously prior to his Alabama commitment as well.
1: Yeah, and Che on on our end, LSU needs offensive linemen. They probably want an offensive tackle. This is more of an offensive guard, but as if we've seen anything from from James Craig and, and Ed Ogeron, they like the big guys, and that's exactly what Xavier Hill brings to the table at 6'3", 325.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of catches us off guard knowing that they have limited availability in the class and that they only have one O-lineman committed who is an interior guy in a year where you need tackles, so um, hearing, you know, when you see his size and know his position, it catches you a little off guard. But as Hank said, this is a kid Bama wanted badly, uh, wants, wanted, however you want to put it, uh, and LSU as well. And, and Ed Orgeron and James Craig were up there uh, during the bye week, which was kind of right around, as Hank said, the time that Bama went to visit him. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Not this bye week, but the, the previous one. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, things sort of play out from here. But I do think that – He's a name you put on the board, uh, and after we uh, you know, catch a break and all that, there'll be a, an offensive lineman that I think fans will be a little bit more interested to hear uh, Hank's take on as Alabama pushes for guys. But uh, I'm in the boat that maybe he gets in, but I think that their real priority needs to be tackle.
1: Right you are. Uh, that seems like uh, LSU absolutely needs to get a tackle on board. Uh, somebody that LSU did get on board was uh, a monumental commitment in the 2020 recruiting class. They beat out the Tide and Georgia for him. We'll touch on him on the other side of this break, as well as kind of a look into Louisiana, this cycle between LSU and Alabama, some recruiting battles, some decisions made in terms of who to go after. And we'll touch on uh, some other targets down the stretch as The early signing period begins in the middle of December, and it's right around the corner. So we'll touch on all that and more after the break from the podcast.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. We mentioned it before the break. A massive, massive commitment for LSU came in just last month, late in October, and it came as a shock to the recruiting world when Marietta tight end Eric Gilbert committed to the Tigers over the Crimson Tide and Bulldogs. This was uh, a monumental shocker. I had my crystal ball pick in for Alabama. Uh, I had just felt like they had been able to kind of keep the momentum that a lot of people thought they had, but the highest rated tight end in the history of 24-7 sports. Uh, had other plans. Uh, Shay. we were kind of texting waiting for it and and you're watching this the stream and 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 it just came across as uh, LSU. I mean what was your initial reaction as you were watching that one?
0: Yeah I mean shocked Uh, as as shocked as the LSU staff was you know I thought that one thing we kind of all got a feel for uh, and I don't mean to speak for Hank but just kind of talking to to you guys and and Rusty and at the Georgia site and sort of everyone that was in the mix was that uh, Eric was not telling anybody, right? He wasn't telling any of these coaches where he was going, uh, but there was a reason for these certain teams to feel good. Bam had had that first official and it seemed like they had carried momentum from the summer and uh, Georgia was the last team to host him. They didn't play incredibly well that game. They beat Kentucky, but uh, it wasn't like they were throwing the ball all over the field of the tight end. I don't even know if they threw a pass in the second half, Uh, but still there was reason to believe that maybe it was Georgia's, Uh, Kirby pushing to keep him in state but uh, LSU was viewed as the dark horse and uh, I've covered a lot of recruiting stuff over the years with decisions that uh, surprised me but that was by far the most surprising and and maybe I'll turn around and say just as surprising was that he came out and said yeah my decision's been done and I'm not taking any more visits and uh, I'm done with everything which it went from how did he even end up in LSU's class to whoa they're going to keep him
1: yeah, and, and Hank, uh you you probably felt a little bit like we feel uh, at times uh, throughout the past couple of years in, in terms been of been there work. many
0: times, Hank. Don't
1: worry. <laughs> 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 going going on your board uh after that that one, uh was probably how we felt going on the board, even even though um at, at the you know late hour we we kinda of felt like Ishmael Sopsha was gonna leave the state, but uh so many you know recruitments, Pat Sertain – um What, what was your reaction? And, and I mean, that was just a, again, a shocker.
2: Yeah. You know, I I was watching the stream as well. Um, obviously I, I had predicted Alabama. We had all predicted Alabama. Um, you see him put on the LSU hat and then you're kind of just waiting. You're so used to these dramatic recruiting announcements nowadays that you're kind of just waiting for him to throw the LSU hat off or you know, take it off, set it back down and pick up the Alabama hat. But uh, the longer it went on, the, the more real it became. You I mean, you saw the crowd's reaction. Nobody, even, nobody in the crowd thought it was LSU too. They thought he was uh, just joking around. But no, I mean, very surprised. I mean, I think I got about Fifteen text messages and a few more DMs. Right? Everyone asking what happened uh, right afterwards. Our board obviously was talking all about it. Um, so yeah, you know, I I felt confident in Alabama's chances. They had hosted him, uh, I think, more times than any other school this year. He'd been on campus four times, I believe, including an official visit as well. Um, as he was in uh, in Atlanta for the season opener against Duke. Obviously, Bama needs tight ends in this class. It's a big, it's a big priority position for them. They have uh, one guy committed in Caden Clark, but we're certainly pressing for, for Eric Gilbert to uh, to come in and, and potentially play immediately. Um, they got Bryce Young on board and, and he was a guy that that Bryce was talking to as well since he's committed to Alabama so all the signs seem to point in Alabama's direction but you know he took that that visit to LSU and uh, it looks like they took hold of the momentum and and got him late and so uh, you know huge pickup you know I, I think he's uh, the most polished obviously the most polished tight end in this class he's rated number one tight end for a reason um, and just a really big get so um, it's kind of sent Bama back to the drawing board I think just a little bit at the tight end position they have some options left but um no no targets that i think um have anything to do with lsu so so i won't bring them up here
1: yeah wild one and and look i mean as one as we kind of move into this section of the pod where we're going to talk about louisiana in this cycle and kind of maybe how it hasn't gone at least so far how it's gone in the past for the crimson tide one player that you know looked i think like it was going to go down that path of you know, Nishmael Sopcher or some of these other guys, Dylan Moses in state that ended up going to Alabama early in the summer was Jaqueline Roy. But he ends up doing an end of the summer commitment and recommits to LSU and and has shut things down. He really he hasn't shown up. I don't think he's taken an official visit anywhere. He has been locked into LSU. He's been on campus. What's your take, Hank, on Louisiana this cycle and 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 just kind of overall? What what's the trend? What's kind of the feel you're you're seeing as as somebody who who has to pay attention to it just as much as we do?
2: Yeah, you know I think LSU's done a really good job of you know closing their borders and keeping their top guys in state. Obviously, you look at the rankings: Jacqueylan Royce committed; he's the number one player in the state. Keishawn Butte. He's committed, uh, number two player in the state and, and so on. They got guys like Major Burns, uh, Coy Moore. So they're getting they're getting the guys to stay home. Obviously, you know, the verdict's still out on on Keyshawn Bouteil and whether he'll stick in the class. I think, you know, it probably uh, you know, a guy makes sense that for them to hold on to in their backyard, like Shay was alluding to, with New Iberia being similar to Tuscaloosa in terms of uh, you know, proximity and all that. So um, I, you know. I think they the as far as you kind of you know Bama recruiting Louisiana this cycle, uh, th- there's a few more guys we're watching. Obviously, I think I think like you said, I think Jaqueline Roy's done, Butte, uh, Jacoby, and Guillory. That's a guy that's going to be Alabama, LSU in the end, and we'll kind of see where where that turns to. Uh, but beyond that, there really hasn't been. Uh, Many more guys, Bama's really gone head to head to within this state in the 2020 cycle that I've seen. Um, besides those kind of those few names, and uh, obviously, you know that they, they've recruited, uh, they've gotten Kyle, got Kyle Edwards out of out of Louisiana. I don't think LSU offered him, but um, certainly a guy they're very high on and, and and you know think can do big things, and is having a pretty good senior season once he's kind of taken the feature back role from John Emory um, after after last season. So um, overall, you know, I think it's a successful. Uh, uh, class for LSU in this cycle and uh, we'll we'll see, you know, if they continue to have success on the field, how this kind of continues to move on past the 2020 class.
1: Yeah. And for me, I mean, I, I love Zach, Zach, uh, not uh, uh, Kyle Edwards game. Uh, I, I loved it since I saw him in the spring. I saw him uh, in a limited role when he was backing up John Emery. So I think that's a great pull for the, for the tide out of Destrahan, a place where LSU you know, pulled John Emery out of the year before and, Uh, another battle, like you mentioned, Jacoby and Guillory is one that, you know, I think he's expected on campus this weekend in Tuscaloosa and and he's Mm -hmm. been a constant at LSU. I kind of think he's, he's certainly an LSU lean right now. Um, Shay, what's kind of your feel on that one? And then, and then Hank, uh, are you hearing anything that might, might give Bama some, some good vibes I guess from, from Guillory's side? You know, I
0: think that what threw everything for a wrench here was that he was going to announce in July, uh, and LSU and Bama both spin up their official visits in June, uh, and those are really the only two schools he was down to. You know, he's got other offers, but he was only seriously entertaining or is seriously entertaining uh, the Tigers and Tide, and, and both of them host him in June, and then he gets invited to the, the All-American game in January and says, OK, I'm going to announce then, and uh, and actually Bama did something like this last cycle. It sounds like he's going to commit to a school in December and sign, but then they won't release it and let him announce at the game, and then they'll make it public. But uh, I guess my point being is uh, with Bama not having that official visit to save right before December uh, and, you know, make their big push then, uh, he's been to pretty much every LSU game. He hadn't been to a Bama game this year, and, uh, and I'll let Hank touch on this, but to me it seems almost not that they wouldn't take Jacoby and Guillory or that they're not recruiting him, uh, but th- they've been after a handful of other guys and and weren't playing the waiting game if they felt they were getting uh, equal or better talent out there. And because of that, Bama's class just kind of kept growing at, at the interior line position.
2: Yeah, you know... Uh... You know, following that kind of that June period of time where, where uh, Jacobian took his two official visits to Alabama and LSU, you know, Bama has added guys on the defense line. They got Timothy Smith in July, which is a guy that's having a huge senior season. Um, and I, I know a guy they're really high on. And then obviously, Jamil Burroughs um, recently, the, the one time Georgia commit now um, committed to Alabama. So, uh, you know, Bama's that they've had several guys they've gone after on the defensive line and and they're not done you know i think that's kind of the the one area you look at alabama's class to to kind of see you know there's a lot of different directions they could go and i think jacoby and guillory is still arguably one of them but i i do think there's some other guys maybe they're in it a little bit uh better for you know like a guy like mckinley jackson uh who's going to take his decision to february and i think we're going to talk about later in the show but uh there's several i couldn't go through all of them right now but uh so you know, we'll see. I think I think I would agree. Kind of, you know, you look to towards the, the in-state kids. That you know, I, I think it makes more sense that he he's leaning to LSU, or that that would kind of be, uh, where I would pick at this point in time. And uh, he, you know, a couple months left, so so we'll see um, if anything changes. But uh, that would be my pick at this point.
1: One one guy that this this could go a bunch of different ways, and I've been down to see him, and and you know, kind of felt that way too that he was pretty wide open, but a lot of people do seem confident that LSU at least in a good spot, and I think they are, but see it kind of go a bunch of different ways this is Marcus Dumerville, the uncommitted offensive tackle out of South Florida. Uh, LSU needs offensive tackles. Bama probably does, too. Uh, Hank, kind of what, what's your feel on where Bama's at with Marcus, and, and do you see them pressing for, hit, for them down the stretch as it, as it stands right now?
2: I think it's possible. He's a name we were hearing earlier this fall, um, as a guy, just to keep an eye on if Bama does decide to make a push Xavier Hills spot, uh, reopened, uh, earlier in the, in the fall. And so obviously that's kind of another offensive line spot, despite them kind of being in two separate positions, but, uh, I, I'm not sure Bama's really started to push for him yet. You know, I've been kind of keeping up with him. He, he's he's told me that he's been in contact with Alabama. Uh, I know Bama was down in South Florida recently and, and stopped by the school. Um, but to my knowledge, there's been no, no visit date set. Um, and, and I'm really just not sure at this point how hard Bama's really pressing for him. Uh, he could be maybe a guy that they look at later uh you know, later in the cycle, uh, I, I know it, it does seem like they're pretty intent upon adding a third offensive lineman in the class. We've seen them still recruit Xavier Hill. Um, and, you know, we've seen him recruit a handful of others and put out some new offers this fall um, throughout the country. So definitely a guy to watch, but I'm just not sure how hard that press is just yet uh, from Bama's end.
1: And on, on LSU, I mean, they certainly want Doomerville on board. Another player that they want on board, Phillip Webb, just dropped his top five, LSU, Alabama, Auburn included in that bunch uh of five schools uh shea this is one where uh, in late june we kind of thought like this one might go lsu's way and he might not get into the dead period uh uncommitted and that he was going to end up committing to the tigers but as it stands right now he's uncommitted he's taking things down the stretch kind of what's your feel on that one
0: yeah, you know, I thought that, I, I was with you, I thought that maybe in June after that official visit stretch um, that he was close to popping, and when he didn't, I think it reset everything, and um, and Webb did drop a top five. Obviously, Bam and LSU were both in that. Uh, Oklahoma's been a team to watch if you're kind of trying to predict a dark horse from, from further away from home, um, but I think that this, and, and Auburn's obviously still involved as well. Uh, I think that me uh, when you talk about LSU's chances Dave Aranda defensive coordinator who doesn't really you know he's not your most active recruiter on staff and I'm not slighting him in any way he's obviously a phenomenal coach but um, when it comes to recruiting he sort of circles a handful of guys each cycle uh, that he seems to really like and and to be honest let's look back at the spring Drew Sanders Des Moines Kennedy uh, those guys were among them uh, and they both ended up at Alabama now He seemed to have really liked Josh White. He pops for LSU. He liked Antoine Sampa, who was LSU and Bama offers as well. He went to LSU. Uh, And here we are on Webb, who seems to be the one guy he's been most consistent with, I guess, because he's obviously remained uncommitted for the longest. But uh, my point being is that each time Webb talks, he talks about Aranda and the special relationship they have. And I think that from talking to Rusty and a lot of people who sort of know Philip Webb off the field, He's kind of a unique kid in the same sense that Dave Aranda would be described as as unique personality-wise, um, how they approach the game, and uh, and Philip Webb's talked a lot about that. So even with limited spots, even with B.J. O'Jolari recently flipping into LSU's classroom in Tennessee, uh, I circle Webb as a guy that I think that they're – either in the lead for but I don't know that to be, to be fact, obviously. So in the front group and not just the top five, but maybe in the top two. Uh, and I think this will come down to really whenever Webb feels like he's ready to make a decision. The LSU official is already uh, in the rearview mirror. He was back with his mom for the Florida game. Uh, but I do think that they're in a really good spot moving forward.
1: Yeah, and Hank, you, uh, you, you've you been tracking this one as well. Where, where do you kind of feel like Bam? was at with them and 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 how do you feel like it it kind of stands right now
2: yeah you know i i'd agree with shay you know i I think lsu is certainly if not the the team to beat kind of the unspoken team to beat they're definitely in that top top two and and i think Bama's right there you know right there with them auburn in there as well um this just seems like one of those recruitments you know when we talked to him in the summer you know it was you know i want to make a decision during the season it it seemed like he was trying to make a decision really soon it didn't happen he's taking some more visits every time he does an interview it's he's still trying to make a decision soon maybe by december i kind of Have a feeling this one's going to kind of go past the early signing period and into February. That's just kind of my take on it at this point. Um, You know, he has that visit to Alabama this weekend on an unofficial. He's saying he's going back for an official visit at some point. Um, Same thing with Auburn. He's supposed to go to Auburn the following week and and I believe uh, give Auburn an official visit as well. And so, you know, he he's still, you know, he's trying to to get a decision out of the way, but at the same time, he's he's still. Taking it a little bit slow and taking these visits, Um, he's not an early enrollee to my knowledge, so you know he has no need to to sign early um, unless he's trying to hold a spot, which I don't think is really at risk for any of these schools recruiting him um, regardless. So um, I, I think it could come down to these last few visits, you know, can Bama push um, to to kind of take back that that uh, that buzz that, that LSU has generated, um, you know, Charles Kelly, Sal Sinceria, two coaches that have recruited him really hard. He, he's really close to Sal Sinceria, the outside linebackers coach. Um, you know, everyone thought Bama might be kind of done at the outside linebacker position um, in, in the summer when they landed all those guys like will anderson uh quindarius robinson um all, all the linebacker guys they got um, linebacker targets they got in, in june but philip webb has been that guy they've still been really pressing for he's really the only linebacker they're recruiting um left on their board so certainly a, a huge push from alabama and uh, they're going to try to you know benefit from these these uh, couple more times they get him on campus
1: well i think we can go on and on uh and we will uh, just touch on two more guys real quick Jordan Birch, the five-star defensive, tackle, or defensive end, number one uh, defensive end in the country, and McKinley Jackson, a former LSU commit. Uh, quickly, guys, M- McKinley Jackson's got a long way to go. Jordan Birch has a long way to go. Just touch on uh, both guys and, and kind of where you see uh, both of them at. Hank, let's start with you.
2: Yeah, McKinley Jackson, um, I think a lot of people forget he was committed to LSU at one point um, way early on in his recruitment. But um, I think as it stands right now um, – I think there's reasons for optimism on the Alabama end. Uh, you know, they got him on campus for an official visit earlier this fall. He's expected back this weekend. Uh, the additions of Brian Baker as the defensive line coach, Sal Cinceri from Florida, were were two coaches he was really close with, um, and he was already considering Alabama pretty heavily prior to their arrival in Tuscaloosa. and And I think that just goes to help them a little, even that much more in his recruitment. So, but like you said, you know, a long way to go. He has four more official visits to take. Um, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss. So definitely um, a guy we're going to be tracking all the way until February. Uh, but you know, if he was deciding today, I think I think there's reasons for optimism on Alabama's end. And then uh, and then Jordan Birch. You know, this has been a, a tough one to follow. You know, he he really doesn't say much. He doesn't really show his hand all that much in, in the recruiting process. Um, I, uh, a lot of people think you know Clemson's the favorite, obviously with the with the home state um, appeal and the proximity to home. South Carolina has been in there. Georgia. Um, and Alabama have, have, have been there. They've gotten him on campus a couple times this year. So certainly teams to watch with him having not met yet made a commitment, but then LSU gets him on campus for an official visit last month and, and is in his top five he put out recently. So, um, I, you know, it, I think it makes sense to to pick Clemson in this one, but you know the fact that he hasn't already committed, that he's taking his time, he's doing his due diligence, and taking these official visits is certainly something to watch. and And he's another guy that'll be on campus in Tuscaloosa this weekend for his official. So, um, you know, long way to go for for Jordan Birch and and a and a guy that you know he doesn't have to really rush anything. You know, the number number two overall player in the class is going to have a spot wherever he wants um, co- come signing day. So we'll see what happens with him.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm, I am not. don't even have to add much to what Hank said. I mean, I think LSU is a dark horse player for Birch, Um, and I wouldn't rule him out simply because we saw what happened with Eric Gilbert, uh, and Birch has been to LSU a, a couple of times now at the least that we know of. He, he made a big visit in the spring and then was back for his official, given LSU his first visit. Uh, we'll see how things go in Tuscaloosa for him. And then, uh, as Hank said, I think that Clemson uh, will always be viewed as a big team to watch for, in South Carolina as well, given Uh, Just proximity to home and and the two schools that have really been after him all along. And and you throw Georgia into that mix and it could go a number of ways. So I don't think we're any closer to knowing there. And with Jackson, I just wonder, as Hank said, he's got all of his visits uh, beyond the one he took to Alabama are lined up for December and January. I think the most interesting thing with him will be who sort of has room left and a need for a defensive tackle. Uh, in February signing day. And, and I guess my point being is that in December, BAM and LSU will both sign 20 something kids. And then we'll see what uh, sort of how many spots they have left, how many guys are committed, but didn't sign if that happens and then what positions they still need. Uh, and if LSU able to land a guy like Guillory, I think that um, uh, the race for Jackson maybe kind of cuts them out of, out of that mix.
1: Long way to go until the early song- signing period and, National Signing Day. We will be tracking it on Go 24-7 and Bama Online. LSU-Alabama recruiting battles, uh, just a thing of beauty sometimes. And we enjoyed uh, chatting it up for you guys about these battles. Uh, the Tigers and Crimson Tide will battle on the field at 2.30 Central on CBS. And you can watch that live on Go 24-7 and Bama Online. So check that out. Check out Check out CBS All Access, which was just added to your VIP subscription packages on 24-7 Sports. If you subscribe to 24-7 Sports, you get 10,000 TV shows on demand whenever you want. And you can live stream LSU, Bama, any SEC game of the week, NFL, whatever you want. Check that out. Try Go247 if you're an LSU fan or Bama Online if you're a Crimson Tide fan free for seven days check all that out fellas appreciate you guys joining the pod thanks for doing this got a ton more coverage on both sides check it all out this week as lsu and alabama set to face off on the gridiron we know they'll be facing off on the recruiting trail after this season is up we'll be here to cover it all for you guys thanks for doing this fellas and hope everybody has a great rest of the week